The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, October 11th, 2021. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Steve Hellwagon. Steve, midway through the regular season, the Buckeyes now look like who we thought they would be, to paraphrase the late Dennis Green. Steve, your thoughts on the 66-17 to blowout win over Maryland this past Saturday, and just your thoughts, like kind of what you expect from the Buckeyes moving forward this season. Well, I thought coming in that Maryland with uh, Talia Tagovailoa, I thought they would bounce back after the way that they did not play well the previous week against Iowa. And they started out with a good drive. They moved it down and got a field goal at the beginning. And you thought, well, maybe they'll make some plays or whatever. But uh, Ohio State uh, was just dominant. Uh, second week in a row, at least against a quality opponent, really third week in a row overall because you count Akron as well, although a lesser opponent. But second Big Ten game in a row against, I think, a respectable opponent that they just dominated the action on both sides of the football. And, and I think the first thing that you look at uh, is C.J. Stroud is, I mean, he he is making throws that very few quarterbacks in the country can make. And uh, there were several of them. Um, the fourth down uh, touchdown to Garrett Wilson he, he just, it was like, we're coming right at your head, bud. Be ready. And the guy, you know, just caught the defender off guard and zipped it in there for the touchdown. I mean, that that takes cojones, you know, to be able to, uh, to execute that one on fourth down. And then he threw down the middle of the field to Jackson Smith, the Jigba, and he had gotten a step behind the defender. But I don't think that ball ever got more than about eight or nine feet off the ground. It was just a zip right down the middle of the field, right over the defender's head, and like a 40-yard gain, which was an amazing play. Uh, he has guys wide open and hits them. And then the touchdown to Olave, where Olave's being grabbed, this was probably more on Olave because he had to not only uh, ward off the defender, but he had to uh, make an adjustment uh, back to the football. And uh, it was one of those, just throw it in my vicinity, and I am going to do everything I can to get that football-type plays. And uh, great read on both of their parts, basically. And I just I, – you can't say enough about what this kid has done so far – Granted, they're going to play tougher defense. We saw Penn State and Iowa sledgehammer game there Saturday night, and uh, you can tell they've got each got five or six more playmakers on defense than either of the teams Ohio State's played the last two weeks. But 
I think you got to like the progress that's being made uh, with C.J. Stroud in the offense, and uh, that's been great. And then on the other side of the ball, just real quick defensively, what I see, Dave, uh, I think the defensive ends got some great pressure. Uh, Zach Harrison, you know, people can be mad at him for not getting sacks or whatever, but I think uh, he and Tylea Tagovailoa uh, became on a first-name basis, I think, by the end of that game. He was he was up at his grill most of the game pressuring him. And uh, to Tago Vailoa's credit, he was only sacked five times because he was under almost constant duress, it seemed like. So I think that uh, they're starting to play better football. Uh, the linebackers are triggering and making plays. They stopped the run. And the secondary is playing really well as, as well. So uh, I I like the way the pieces are coming together. Uh, some people would say this bye week is coming at a bad time now that they've played two pretty good games in a row. But honestly, after playing six weeks in a row, uh, you need to get healthy and get everybody geared up and continue the improvement and uh, gear up because uh, you're going to play four top ten teams in the next seven games if you make the championship game. And uh, that's going to be a tough, tough run here for the Buckeyes. Yeah, Stroud looks like a legit Heisman candidate now. I mean, he, I know he, I think the betting odds, I think he might have like the third highest betting odds, um, the third best to win the Heisman Trophy. So, I mean, the way he's playing, when you consider like fans are wondering, well, what what's wrong with C.J. Stroud earlier in the season, even though he threw for 500 yards and then lost to Oregon, that wasn't his fault at all. Man, he looks good. You laid that out very well. I mean, he looks tremendous. And this offense... I mean, they're, they're going to shatter school records. This is the number one offense in the country, total offense in the country, number one total offense in the country. And the defense, as you mentioned, they seem to be rounding into form as well. What I really like, this defense, they just need to be good. With the, When you have an elite offense, you can't mix that with the bad defense. They just need to be good. They don't have to be elite on defense, and they won't be. But what I'm seeing now, Steve, I feel like this is a silver bullet defense. They might not do the right thing all the time, but they're going to hit you. They're going to they're going to fly around. They're going to be fast. They're going to be aggressive. And I love what I'm seeing. I mean, Maryland's got a talented offense, and and they held them to 17 points, and that was playing a lot of backups um, in the second half. So I like what Matt Barnes is doing. Matt Barnes seems to be bringing some different blitz packages. They just seem to be more of an aggressive unit flying around. Like I said, man, they just look like an Ohio State defense now. Yeah, I agree. I want to throw back on Stroud. I, I can bind it from last week to this week. He's completed 73% of his passes for like 750 yards and 10 touchdowns in two weeks. That's a pretty good uh, eight-day stretch there for, for number seven. And uh, I don't see – I mean, we were sitting there, Patrick Murphy and I were sitting there watching the game, and as I recounted it with my son afterwards, it's like, who is going to stop this offense? And I, I know Iowa and Penn State and Michigan State probably uh, to a degree, and maybe even Michigan. They all have uh, outstanding defenses. So we'll see, you know, as they get deeper into this schedule and the, and the, the tests become much tougher as they go along, no doubt. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, uh, um, you know, this, this, uh, this offense is going to be, you know, very difficult for anybody to keep them under 35 points a game and then to your point you don't have to be great and hold a team to seven or ten points if you're able to score that many points so uh, the defense to me is is rounding into shape the defensive line is starting to play uh, much better 
And um, I don't know, it, it just, uh, it, it, everything just seems to be clicking right now for them. And uh, I want to see more. Obviously, two games is not a huge sample size. You want to see them do it week after week after week. But you have to like uh, the direction things are headed right now. No doubt about it. Um, and I love this running back core that they have. I mean, obviously, the wide receiving core is going to go down as the best in Ohio State history. I, I keep talking about that. That's, that can't be stated enough, though. This It's crazy how great, how great this group of wide receivers are. But the running back core, I love these guys, too. Travion Henderson, superstar. Master T getting the job done as the primary backup right now. I like Marcus Crowley a lot. Um, I like Evan Pryor as well. My question for you, sir, do you have any idea what's going on with Mayan Williams? I, I've heard it's doghouse. I think the company line is maybe he's nursing an injury. Maybe it's a little of both. I don't know. What are you hearing about Mayan Williams? Well, I scanned the sideline. I never saw 28. Now, you know, Tyreek Smith was injured, and he's down there wearing his number 11 jersey. And other guys, you know, you know, they at least wear the jersey on the sideline. You would think a guy that was that involved early in the season uh, would at least be down there to support his teammates. And maybe he was in street clothes. I don't know. And just for whatever reason, maybe he was wearing a hooded sweatshirt or something. I, I don't know. But uh, when you look down there and you don't even see the guy, you know, in uniform on the sideline, you just wonder what's going on. And so, uh, you know, you question, is it academics? Is it something off the field related? Is it a lingering health issue that, you know, perhaps it's better for him not to stand on the sideline for four quarters? I, I honestly don't know. I, I have no idea. And so uh, they, they don't really share a lot of details about this. I think this is a question that's going to come up tomorrow. We'll have a, 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 an audience with Ryan Day tomorrow. And somebody put a, a thread on our board. What what are the questions that need to be answered? And that was probably number one on the list. And then after that, it was like, is C.J. Stroud the greatest quarterback in Ohio State history? Like, <laughs> like no, 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 no. We want questions that you want answered that need that the head coach needs to answer, not stupid, subjective, you know, whatever. That, I think that guy that, was trying to be funny. That is funny. I will say this real quick about Mayan Williams. I will ask that question now. We know Coach Day. I don't think he's going to say much about it, but I will ask if, you know, if no one else does, yeah. I get the first question. I think question. it's important, important to find out, is he practicing? Is this something, do you expect him to play in the second half of the season? You know, those kind of things. I mean, it just, I, again, some of it could be private uh, that, you know, the kid's entitled to his privacy if something's going on, but. Uh, it's kind of like Kerry Miller, the first four games right. of the season was in limbo and nobody seemed to know. And it's been great the last two games in mop up time. He's gotten out there at guard. I find it interesting that he's playing guard and Toby Wilson, the walk on the son of the offensive coordinator seems to be the backup center right now. We know Matthew Jones, you know, uh, it was interesting to me that Matthew Jones uh, got in there and played a little bit for Thayer Munford early in the game. Uh, I think Munford got injured, but came right back pretty much a series or two later. And then when the reserves got out there, they Matthew Jones didn't play. I think the sentiment was he's played a lot, played enough, and they wanted to get some of the other guys uh, in there. Um, so Toby Wilson was at center. Uh, Vamahi and, Fry and Fryer, I think, were the tackles. 
the guards. I, I, I put it on Twitter and it, it's escaping me right now, but at any rate, it was great that a lot of those other guys got to play when the game was out of hand. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think you might be onto something with uh, the Harry Miller comparison. I don't know. Now again, I've heard doghouse with mine Williams. I don't, I don't know why he's well, in the doghouse. But I've, when I've he's not that. in the, not on the sideline in uniform, it does make you wonder what's going on. Yeah. That, I mean, that's sure. just all, that's but, all you can say. You make a good point with Harry Miller because he wasn't on the sideline in uniform either. And he was going through some personal stuff and they wanted to keep that private. Now he's back. And I, I again, I, I respect that. So if it's if it's something personal with Mayan, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's something more similar with Harry Miller than uh, a doghouse situation. But, you know, I, yeah. again, I, I've said it three times. I'll, I'll say it a fourth time. I, I keep hearing from sources that uh, he might be in the doghouse, but I don't know why. I don't know what he did wrong. So. Um, yeah hopefully he gets back he's a a, i've talked to him a lot he's a good young man um you know whatever is going on i just hope everything is okay with him yeah the dog i hope he gets out of the doghouse but um you know he's a good kid and he's a really good running back too travion henderson's the best running back on this team but they need mayan williams what if henderson gets banged up i'd rather have mayan williams out there than master teague and teague looks good so does crowley but mayan williams to me is the second best running back on this team go ahead steve yeah i i I like them all and i think it's a great great collection of running backs and uh, i think there's a time and a place for all of them um henderson uh we were doing some number crunching here on uh sunday he has 11 touchdowns, nine rushing and two receiving now. And I think you're going to see more and more of him receiving the football coming out of the backfield just because when they are concentrated so heavily on uh, Smith, the Jigba, Olave and Wilson, it, it leaves him leaking out of the backfield wide, wide, wide open. And he's able to turn it upfield and, and make big plays. Uh, Maurice Claret, to my knowledge, has the freshman touchdown scored record of 18 in 2002. And then it appears Arch Leister ran for 13 touchdowns and Joel Payton uh, a year earlier in 1977, a fullback ran for 13 touchdowns. Those are the guys who are ahead right now of Travion Henderson on the all-time freshman touchdown list. So he is going to going to break that record and shatter it and probably push depending how many games this season goes well over 20 it seems like so uh i mean there aren't that many lesser opponents left for him to gang up and have three or four perhaps in a single game but uh you know as he had three on saturday which was outstanding but uh yeah that is kind of a neat thing that uh, he has made his mark as freshman as a freshman and could uh, set a new record at ohio state of course freshman only eligible since 1972 so just the last 50 years but uh very uh, very interested to see that yeah he he's he's special he will go down as one of the best running backs to ever come out of ohio state and uh that is saying a lot when you consider the tradition of running backs to come out of Ohio State. He is a lot of fun to watch, and he's only a true freshman, so it's fantastic. Last thing before I get you out of here. Um, toughest remaining game on Ohio State's schedule. Regular season, obviously. We're not going to project the Big Ten Championship game. We hope it's Ohio State-Iowa. That'd be good. But regular season, dare we say it's the game in Ann Arbor? Might it be Penn State, somebody else? What's the toughest remaining game in your estimation, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> there are several. <laughs> uh oh. Well, excuse me. I mean, when you look at uh, having to play Penn State and Michigan State at home, it's great that those games are at home. And it and 
uh, I think that that fans now that the team has taken a, a turn for the better, I think uh, I think the interest in this team is is only going to pick up exponentially as uh, as this season goes on because the the start was was not what anybody wanted for this season. And I think that uh, now, now I think uh, what I'm saying is it's going to be a tough place for those teams to try and come in and, and win a game. And it's potential that the Penn state game could be a night game. We're going to find out today that the Indiana game is either probably going to be, well, I can't even speculate, but I, I think it's potentially a night game at Indiana as well. So I guess we'll have to wait and see on that, but uh, maybe later today we'll find out. So, uh, I'll tell you, you have to go to Nebraska, and they are so starved for a win. They gave Michigan a great run uh, this past weekend. Maybe that'll be a tough one for three quarters, but Nebraska always seems to find a way to self-destruct. One of these days, they're, they are not going to self-destruct. They're, they're actually going to Charlie Brown and kick that football. Lucy is not going to pull it away. Uh, at the end, they've had four losses by eight points or less this year, Dave. And that's just been the theme of the Scott Frost era. So close and yet so far away, you know, just just so sad. that You know, they really care about football at Nebraska and their team has been pretty competitive and, and to not win that game. Uh, when they're just, it seemed like they were just trying to get field goal range or filibuster out to get to overtime, and the quarterback gets stood up and stripped, and Michigan kicks a field goal. That that just was a, another terrible gut wrenching loss. But that'll be a tough one. I would say the toughest one on the schedule is at Michigan, just because they seem like they are competitive. I question whether their offense is going to match Ohio State score for score, um, but. You know, anything could happen, I guess, in the game. Um, beyond that, jeez, uh, uh, those, those are the those are the three. Obviously, Penn State, Michigan, uh, Michigan State, uh, at Nebraska, uh, at Indiana, and then home with Purdue. That's all six of them right there. And then, but uh, it seems like Iowa's going to have the West on lockdown. So. Uh, Iowa, but again, I don't think their offense can match Ohio State. So, um, going to be great to see Ohio State's offense tested by some defenses in the second half of the season, and they just need to keep uh, keep handling their business, and everything should be good. I agree with you. I think you know, first of all, there's going to be a lot of tough games down the stretch. But if I had to pick one, it'd be at Michigan, and I never thought I would say that entering this year. I thought Michigan would be bad, and they're listen, they're they're certainly not a juggernaut. I mean, as you mentioned, they were. Lucky to get out of Lincoln with a win. Rutgers gave them all they could handle. Um, once Michigan gets punched in the mouth, which they were against Rutgers uh, and Nebraska, they did not react well to it. Um, they've been front runners a lot this year, and they're, but they're a lot better than what I thought they'd be. But I think Ohio State, I think they'll be fine in Ann Arbor, but if I had to pick one game, that would be the one that concerns me the most. Great stuff from Steve Hellwagon. Really appreciate you getting up and doing this with me, Steve. Thanks very much to Steve, and thanks to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. We appreciate that very much. Hope everyone has a great day. Let's hear that Buckeye swag, best damn band in the land. Picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 